You're Locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I am Daniel, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. Well, the Warriors in their current iteration have usually been on the side making history, but in this game, they had history made against them as the Denver Nuggets won 132-110 and tied the NBA record for most made three-pointers in a game with 24. They were remarkable 24 of 40 from three, which is 60%, 54.5% from the field, and they also tied the NBA record set by Cleveland earlier this season with 16 made threes and a half, which they did in the first half. They were 16 of 23 in the first half. So a, a big performance from the Nuggets. And just like any other game of this ilk, it is a combination of skilled players, good fortune, and the other team doing their part. The Nuggets got a lot of open threes. They also got a lot of shots in, in transition, and they had a lot of shots at the basket. They were, I believe, 19 of 38 in the restricted area so the percentage was bad but the frequency was good for them also ridiculous from three and it was 17 17 in fast break points but so not the greatest effort from the golden state warriors on the defensive end though a portion of it was also just denver being ridiculous i mean a team isn't going to shoot 60 percent on threes most of the time out there so the warriors did certainly did not have their a game tonight before, like, as I was thinking about the game, actually, I think it was during the fourth quarter, I was thinking about how, well, every Warriors loss feels like a surprise for various reasons. I mean, the San Antonio game being a surprise in just the the nature of it, the Glakers game and everything else. A lot of them have had the common thread where it was certainly possible to see at least elements of it coming. And that was true here because the Warriors would have probably had that feeling in the game in Oklahoma City except for the emotional resonance of that outcome and the Warriors won that game going away this is the third game of a road trip elevation and playing without Clay Thompson and Sean Livingston Thompson missed the game due to a sore right heel Livingston missed the game due to the birth of a child so congratulations to him but that made it a little bit harder however at the same point Denver was missing a bunch of their guys too. Moutier, Darrell Arthur, Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari. A lot of key players missed this game. And Mason Plumley, who they just traded for, did not play because the whole process hasn't been done yet on the trade. So they were really shorthanded. They only had nine players eligible. The Warriors played 11. So they had a lot more comparatively, though the Warriors fringe guys are not broadly as good as the Nuggets guys are because they were missing some, the Warriors were missing some key players in the rotation and ended up kind of going in a different direction. And the game was really lost in the first half because they, the Warriors just couldn't really hit a shot. Stephen Curry ended the game one for 11 from three. A lot of those were good looks that just didn't fall. The nature of a 35 to 40% shot is that if you shoot them at a high volume, there will be nights where it doesn't go. McCall was kind of the same. He's not nearly as good of a shooter as Curry, but he was one for five on mostly good looks. There were one or two late that he that he pushed a little bit hard, but other than that, it was fine. So the Warriors just didn't have that their A game in that way, and the Nuggets played very well. They played with more energy. They played with more urgency, especially early on when they were taking advantage of the Warriors, not only from three, but in terms of cutting and getting to the baskets. They were getting clean looks very frequently in a way that was actually reminiscent of what the Warriors do against a lot of opponents where any seams they can find, and Nikola Jokic is awesome. He's been an incredible player since he really took over the starting spot after they gave up trying to start him with Yusuf Nurkic, who they actually traded to Portland in the trade I've mentioned before with Mason Plumley. 
and he's moving the ball really well. Their guys are cutting. Will Barton was awesome again. He's had a lot of good games against the Warriors. And beyond Jokic, I would say the other star of this game was Juancho Hernan Gomez, the brother of the Knicks, uh, Willie Hernan Gomez, who is a di- very different player. Hernan Gomez on the Knicks, they're both big dudes, but Hernan Gomez on the Knicks is more of a traditional center, and his younger brother, Juancho, is a shooter. And today was one of the best examples of that that he's had in his NBA career. He was 6 of 9 from 3, scored 27 points, played a a remarkable 43 minutes. The Nuggets were certainly engaged in this. And also, in terms of the big guys, because Hernan Gomez is their power forward next to Jokic, they didn't have that much in terms of personnel. So they could cycle through their perimeter guys, Jamal Murray, Malik Beasley, even Mike Miller got dusted off and played a little bit in this game. And those players are all pretty capable. Johnny O'Brien, who had kind of fallen off, he was on the Bucks a little while ago. He had, a, he had a nice little stretch at one point, but then had a bad stretch also and made a three, one of those crazy ones that adds to the numbers and makes the history. But the overall takeaway from this really is that when the Warriors aren't playing well, they can lose to just about anybody. And that isn't a surprise. They don't have these games very often. And another takeaway that I was thinking about during this game, and I think a lot of other people were too, is that this is their ninth loss of the year. And nine is significant for the Warriors because that is how many losses they had all of last year. Coach Kerr joked after the game that when somebody mentioned that, that they're just going to have to go 27-0. and course that's not going to happen but it, it gives a greater sense of appreciation for how ridiculous that season was and how incredibly hard it is going to be to ever surpass that or even match it and it'll probably be a long time if ever because a team not only has to be really good they have to care incredibly frequently and they have to have a lot of continuity. Last year's team was basically able to come in, plug and play. They ran roughshod over the league, even with an interim coach and Luke Walton. And that gave them the buffer to then, you know, lose a couple of games throughout the season and still make history. This year's team had to integrate a lot of new talent and the functional reality of the Warriors in this new world with Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and everybody else is that they're probably going to have to cycle through not necessarily stars like they did here, but rotation players, you know, the David Wests and Zaza Pachulias of the world are probably going to be different every year or close to it. So there will be that adjustment time and the Warriors can go through that every year. And as long as they stay healthy, still win a boatload of games, but a boatload of games and winning 73 or even 70 plus is a very different thing. And so I would not be concerned about that. It is just another reason to appreciate what the Warriors did last year and there might not be a better time to do it than when the team is 46-9, and nine, leading the league by a mile and still has as many losses as the team did all of last year. It was nice to see the backups, the, not even the backups, more the garbage time kids, get a lot of time in this game. There was an interesting controversy, if you will, that Kerr started the fourth quarter with those guys, including Patrick McCaw, who started the game, but then also played in the fourth quarter with all of the backups, and they went on a run. They closed the lead down. I think the closest it ever got was nine points, and then at that point, you know, it was I think that was about halfway through the fourth quarter, there was an open question of, will Steve Kerr bring the starters back in? And he didn't. 
after the game, Draymond Green mentioned that, you know, that they had their laces off and that they, they weren't intending on coming back in, which is totally fine. The team has earned that. They're, they're not battling for seed. They're not battling for anything. And it goes back to something, If for those of you who listened to when Fred Katz and I talked on the podcast yesterday about the Oklahoma City Thunder game, this idea that I've had about the mental process for starting players of once they're out, they're out. And the mental process and the physical process are different. I mean, the physical one is more important because that is what could really lead to injuries. If there is something that once you've turned, kind of turned yourself off in that way that you're, if you had to turn back on again, that there is a risk of injury. I legitimately don't know. It's a, it's a fascinating question that I've been thinking about a little bit, especially since Fred and I talked about it, but the mental part of it is certainly there. And that's kind of what Draymond was getting at in that answer. And the Warriors got to that point. It still was an unlikely proposition considering they had to come back and then hold the lead. They certainly had more talent if we're talking just on an objective day. The Nuggets were absolutely killing it anyway. They even, even in that fourth quarter when they were so-called struggling, they were still three of eight from three, which is pretty good, 50% from the field. And so the Warriors made the decision to, to keep those guys on the bench and they went heavily with the backups McCaw and Ian Clark and Briante Weber so the the backcourt the perimeter players all played the full 12 minutes of the fourth quarter Kevon Looney James Michael McAdoo and Damian Jones cycled through and when Jones came in I was pretty confident that it was going to be that sort of way that Kerr was just approaching it of okay you know it doesn't really matter what happens at this point they're going to stay in because Damian Jones has every game he has appeared in when he appears he is in and for the rest of the game and the idea of getting reps and everything else like that. So that was a real sign to me that Kerr was going in that direction. I will not begrudge him for it at all. He made that choice. Team didn't need this win. Not a big deal. And I thought overall, the young guys did pretty well. Jones had a, had a few quirky moments just getting used to the league and everything like that. I thought actually the guy who looked the worst in that group and did not have a great game overall was James Michael McAdoo. McAdoo struggled more defensively, didn't have the same offensive bite, but McCaw had a really nice stretch early in that fourth quarter, helped bring the team back, looked more like summer league and preseason Patrick McCaw rather than the low usage cog in the machine guy that we've seen in the regular season because that's all the Warriors need. And so it was nice to see that again for McCaw, who actually did that in a preseason game in, against the Denver Nuggets. I can't remember if it was in Denver or if it was at Oracle, but he has has the, those that capability, and that capability is good to, is good to have, even if it's not essential to the Warriors, just in case it ever comes up. And he's deep on the depth chart in terms of star power at this point, but you never know where things are going to go. And Cork looked a little bit better. He had some shaky moments against Oklahoma City, but I thought he looked more comfortable on the floor, and I'm still a big fan of Briante Weber. He's active. He wasn't as good in the backup role early in the game as I hoped, but I thought he looked capable out there with that with that garbage time unit, and I am still a supporter of the idea of giving him more minutes, giving him more run to see what he has, and the possibility of giving him a rest of the season contract depending on what happens with buyouts, which is naturally an absolutely huge question for this team because they're going to be the apple of some buyout players' eyes. Not all of them. They'll depend on what they want, but they'll be interesting in that way. And as as my friend Nate Duncan put it when we were doing the Twitter NBA show and we talked about him, worse comes to worse if they felt that Weber was the low man on the totem pole and the right buyout guy came along. The Warriors could always just cut him. 
because he would still get paid his money. So you don't have to worry about doing right by him, but they would also get somebody who they felt was better. So, and, and they're not going to be a luxury tax team. They're not costing like a Goober and the rest of the ownership group that much money if they make that decision. So they could certainly open that door if it comes to it. And maybe buy that kind of security, they could get some sort of team option or whatever they want to do for that set. If they could get a second year, which would be great. Entirely possible that maybe that won't be on the table with Briante Weber, but, but maybe, and I think he's done a nice job while he's been on the team. So definitely a strange game. I mean, when Curry struggles like he did, and that wasn't struggling to get his shot, it was just struggling to have it fall. And nobody really got to the line very much, which is another good calibrator for the Warriors, not not having it their oomph in that way. No Warrior made it to the line more than four times. They shot 13 free throws as a team, though some of that was also the fourth quarter. They weren't pushing at all for that. They also got pretty well controlled on the offensive glass early. Jokic ended the game with six offensive rebounds, and a lot of that was in that early going when they had a, a few times where he was kind of playing playing volleyball and just keeping it up there, and the Warriors with didn't really have the guys to go after it for whatever reason. I mean, you would think intuitively that JaVale McGee could be in there, but he wasn't really pushing his weight around in that way against his former team, against the team that gave him the biggest contract of his career. So I don't take too much out of this game. The Warriors have always had the capability of losing to a team that is less talented than they are on a good night, and the Nuggets are far, far, far better than the Lakers, and that game happened, of course, earlier in this season, and that's gonna that's a part of it. You know, that, that's exactly why the Warriors going on that huge run to start last year and then continuing it and finishing the year with nine losses was absolutely incredible because you are going to have situations like this where the other team comes out hot, you don't, and just don't have enough juice in there. And a smart team, like the Warriors were in this game, will understand their place and understand that they don't need to battle back, that it's better to give Stephen Curry and Draymond Green and Kevin Durant less than 30 minutes, actually less than 27 in all their parts, in this kind of a game where there's not that much to be gained and you never know if there's going to be that much to be lost. So instead, the Warriors go into the game against the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday that will be their last game before the All-Star break. And it'll be interesting to see what their what their psyche is at that point. The Kings are still trying to do their best to get back in the playoff mix. I don't think that's very likely, but teams don't really ever give it up until they go through it. So they'll be out there playing hard. The Warriors still are maintaining their back-to-back loss streak that will, of course, be in jeopardy on Wednesday. And we'll see if what if the backup guys and everybody else, and Clay and Livingston and the young guys play, what the order is, what the rotation is, but I'm pretty excited about that and just to see what they look like in their last game before the break and the last game before the trade deadline. As I have said numerous times, I do not expect the Warriors to be particularly active at the trade deadline, but you never really know. So we'll keep an eye out for that. And yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun little stretch to see what this team can do, what they care about doing, and how they respond to Sacramento, who, if you remember, you know, that wasn't the Warriors' last loss, but it was their next most recent loss was the game against Sacramento in Sacramento. Super strange game. Kerr gets ejected. So that'll give them a little bit more juice, just like it did against Memphis. So that is really the, the story of this game. Denver played great. The Warriors didn't, and that was enough to carry the day. If you have any feedback on the show, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com, at DannyLaRue on Twitter. And if you want to support the show, you can subscribe, download every episode. It's always a great way to do it. Leave a rating, leave a review, and always a lot going on. Definitely going to have a show tomorrow night. Definitely going to have a show Wednesday night. And then 
after that, I'm headed to All-Star. I'm not exactly sure what the availability is. You know, I might try to do something more like what I did on Media Day. And if there are good quotes from guys, I will splice those together with my own insights. If not, then we'll be a little bit dicey. I, I kind of have to be at the at the whim of what what the availability is and what the story is. And I don't need to do a real trade deadline preview for the Warriors because I don't think they're going to be doing a whole heck of a lot. And if I'm wrong, it'll be more out of left field than anything else. And of course, there will be time after the trade deadline, but before the before March 1st to go through buyouts and everything like that. So we will have time for that. So I don't know exactly what tomorrow's show will be, but it'll be fun. I, I'm definitely going to enjoy it. Might end up doing a mailbag. So you can check that out. Thank you for listening. Take care and make it a great day.